Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This message is called uh, Believe Bigger. It's, it's, it's more or less in the same theme of what we've been preaching about. It, hasn't Pastor Julie done a great job with the, uh, the graphics? Uh, breakthrough. And uh, she said the other one was, distur- it was distracting, that there was so much of a story within that. People are just going, and they weren't listening to the message. So I said, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Uh, Believe Bigger Breakout, and uh, some of, the, some of the, uh, the, the, uh, the headings we've been using is called Believe Bigger Breakout was another one, Keys to Go Beyond Your Barriers and Live an Extraordinary Life. I honestly think when the church was birthed, the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit was given for the church to be profitable, to be fruitful, not to be um, stymied, not to be stuck, not to be stunted in growth, but the Holy Spirit was really given for us to do exceedingly well, amen? You know, unto Him. Who is, who's him? Jesus, unto him who is able to do. This is sounding really good at the moment. Wow. Who is it? Superman? Is it Batman? You know, no. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly beyond and above what you've asked or imagined, according to the power that is at work within you. Now, if you're born again, you have the deposit of the Holy Spirit, says that. You have Christ in you. It's like a little dynamo. It's like a little pilot light. Man, and you can have that, you can, when I ignite my uh, oven, uh, we we throw a pizza in there or something. I love the sound it makes. Sometimes I just turn it off and do it again. Did you hear that, darling? This is all, we got one of those new big, you know, commercial, you know, ovens, the little commercial, I mean, the little residential ones, they don't do it. They say, oh, so what, you know. You know this one, I just turn all the burners on just to, just to get it. Uh, the barbecue unit, so I've got a six, six barbecue unit. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. Love that. When I got up this morning, but I remembered a book I've got that um, I haven't uh, read yet, and I do subscribe to these radical guys, Chuck Pierce and Peter Wagner, and, and, uh, and they are just movements, uh, church people, not, yeah, church people, but ministries that uh, really subscribe to high-end, uh, really good prophetic stuff. They don't muck around, these guys. They study uh, the God calendar, which is another calendar that is aside from us, and they subscribe to a lot of... Um, numbers and uh, events that have happened, prophetic events, and they release books. And this one, I haven't even read it. Uh, It's by Chuck Pierce, A Time to Prosper, released last year, Finding and Entering God's Realm of Blessing. And I went, oh my God, and I flicked it open this morning while I was waiting for Julie to uh, do her hair. And... um, (laughs) 
And uh, uh, just flicked it open, and, and this might help me if I read this, Reordering Your Mind to Prosper. This is basically would uh, preface what I'm going to say. And my heart for this message is to break people out of the wilderness uh, constantly. I think that's my heart has been through uh, preaching and ministering is to break people, Christians in particular. Yes, you're saved. You've crossed the Red Sea. You got Jesus, but you're in the wilderness. Uh, a lot of people get stuck there. A lot of the church, a lot of the body of Christ gets stuck there. And, um, but the whole deal of, of, of living in the wilderness, and it, God was taking them the long way too, on, on purpose, taking them the long way. It should have taken apparently two and a half months to go through the quick way, through the wilderness to get to the land of Canaan, the, the promised land. Say the promised land. Should have took two and a half months, but, uh, and God took them around the long way because he didn't want to let them take on the Philistines who were a formidable force. And God knew that God's people who were really not battle, they were not match fit. They, they, they'd been 400 years uh, subjected to uh, slavery. They were basically just very uh, young in terms of being able to protect themselves. Um, and, and they were basically... Uh, just really, you know, beaten down people um, that, that needed to be taught some real life lessons very quick within those two, two and a half months. And, and then they could go into the promised land and take what belonged to them by taking on the giants and take what belonged to them. I really believe that this is a shadow of what happens to us when we get saved. You get saved, it's great, it's awesome, then God quickly I believe, tries to, uh, three things that were apparently, I wasn't going to mention this, but three things that were supposed to have um, happened in that wilderness, they were supposed to have um, learned how to become a nation, nation of Israel, meaning that they were to bandy together and, and get protocol of leadership and, uh, and, and follow that leadership. And um, the other one was worship and intimacy with God. The Ten Commandments were given and that is all about streamlining your life to be able to live your life in context of serving God, loving God, worshiping God. So one of the key things God wanted to teach them was how to worship. And that's what I'm loving about this church at the moment, that you are worshiping Sunday nights in particular when we can let our hair down a little bit more is getting ridiculous, man. I mean, Jesus culture, move over. We don't even need Jesus culture when this place is happening on all cylinders. It's ridiculous and Sunday nights. But the morning, this morning, I thought was fantastic. This morning was, was, was awesome with God's uh, spirit available to worship God. Um, so the second one, what was it? Intimacy and worship. The other one was to learn how to fight. That, that God was trying to teach them how to fight for themselves, how to defend themselves. These are the things that I think still are applicable to our modern-day Christianity. Isn't that wonderful, Julie, there with my little grandchild? Oh, isn't that wonderful? And uh, don't get distracted, sorry. And um, so learn how to fight intimacy with God, worship with God. That's what God's trying to teach people in that wilderness period. But they really blew it. They really, you know, started to whinge and complain and grumble and, uh, you know, and even wanted to go back to Egypt. Oh, we might as well just go back to the world. This is just, just too hard. 
you know, this is, we had great goals, great dreams to, to take the promised land, and God's given us all these promises, you know. I keep hearing these preachers giving us these promises. Where are they, people are saying. And I can feel for the body of Christ, you know, when they say that. I can actually feel, because I was one of those people in a church long time, hearing great stuff, but never really having pay dirt. Is that still hold up for you guys? Pay dirt, never having, you know, the dividends, never having the, um, the reward of, of being able to access and live out the victory and the promises of God that were in the Bible, amen. And one of the key things is that we're supposed to be blessed and prosperous, we're supposed to be successful in advancing our life, feeling of like forward motion, forward movement, amen. A feeling like you're going somewhere and your dreams are beckoning you and your goals are being realized. And, and you know what you are, what Andrew said, that you're screaming with, I'm doing well. You're actually screaming it like, oh, not a, you know, oh, there's so-and-so. Don't they go to church? They don't look real good for going to church. They did a survey in America and they Ask these people, unsaved people, you know, why don't you go to church? And one of the, one of the people said, I live next to a Christian. I see no visible evidence of, of any, any use of going to church. They, I could hear them arguing. They're, they're, they're downbeat like we are. And they drive the same banged up car as we do. And they're in the same boat. Why would I go to church? And, you know, there's nothing I can see that, that would entice me to go to church. But isn't it great when you've got people you know, living the manifested life of a blessed life. Like Luke Eagle, that architectural designed home he's got, he's built with that lake's view out the back of his veranda. My God, I mean, I don't know how you got that. And it suits you. I was just thinking the other day, that house so suits you both, you and you and Tash. I just think that house was built for you. The Bible says that in Deuteronomy, that you will acquire houses that you have not built. Praise God. So I read this this morning, and it gives me um, some, yeah, uh, I, I think it's good. These prophetic people, they, they, they undergird sometimes some of our thoughts, and he says this in this statement. He says, I made this statement once, the need to profit should be foundational core value of every person's life, especially every Christian. I'll say that again. The need to profit should be a foundational core value of every person's life, especially every Christian. This is what Chuck Pierce said once. The feedback from God's people over this statement was astounding, astonishing, and quite shocking. The feedback he got was, was astonishing and outstanding. What, what do you mean? Most people, he says, in the body of Christ do not have the proper mindset to prof, pro, profit, prosper, or succeed. When the Holy Spirit was left in the world, God released the power for us to become children of God. God is most creative God is most creative, the best steward, does exploits and multiplies and blossoms seeds that have lain desolate. If he is like this, then so should be his children. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 7 says, now concerning spiritual gifts, <laughs> Cam Harvey, it's, it's amazing, we were speaking about this last week. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be, be ignorant, there are diversities of gifts. Differences of ministries, diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
when we are properly aligned with the Lord and with each other, we profit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, gives us diverse ways to profit. And he goes on by saying in this particular chapter, I want to discuss how we are uniquely made by the Creator to adapt in ways to gain wealth, be successful, and profit. If the Holy Spirit is central in our lives, profiting should be one of the main manifestations of God within us. And he just unfolds a few great thoughts in there, especially about strongholds, how the enemy, how when you get stuck in a place and... Um, we are conditioned whether we like it or not. And when you seemingly get conditioned in particular circumstance of life, you seemingly end up living in that state of reality by default. And it is very hard to break out of that. Meaning that when you get up every day, you know these certain circumstances face you and surround you and you live in that as your reality and you become conditioned by it, but, but, but you, you just... You just resort to it. What, what, you know, you just, you just relinquish. You just, well, this is my lot in life. This is who I am. Yeah, that's you in the mirror again. Yeah, I know your world you live in. There's nothing going to happen in my life today. Yeah, I know who you are, Phil. Yeah, you, you, you're trying to get excited, but look, let's be honest. And, and, and strongholds are very much like that. When you try and believe for breakthrough and more and, and, and to do great stuff, these strongholds are like strong castles in your mind that cannot be penetrated. They're being built up. They're like dark castles. But in Jesus' name, we pray like those door, drawbridges go down and God goes in with the battering ram of the Word of God. Pastor Phil comes with a great preach and the Holy Spirit too. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God bang through the doors and take out all these, you know, hidden things. And, uh, and that, that dark castle comes down. Those strongholds come down. Amen? Strongholds are hard to bring down, by the way. Be careful how long you hold a fence for people. If that stronghold, if you hold that point of view, hold that offense, if you hold that vow... If you hold that disposition you have for any length of time, it will become a stronghold. Amen? If you think you can't prosper, can't succeed, can't break through into a realm of success, that's what you will live in. You will live in that reality. And it will be very hard to break through. But you can break through. Baal Parazam, the God of the breakthrough, can, can help you do that. Amen? And that's what people are desperately wanting, I believe. People want to break through out of their circumstance of life. So I just, I'll just go through it as quickly as I can. And we talked about the Israelites. They were enslaved for many years. They were mistreated by their captors and, and they were forced to work long hours and, and not given proper food. And they, when they didn't meet their quota, they were you know, beaten with rods. It was very unfair. But one day through a series of events, God supernaturally brought them out. You know the story. The scripture says that as they were leaving, God caused them to have favor with their enemies. Exodus 12, 36. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people. And they gave them what they asked for. They plundered the Egyptians. Actually, they took all the gold and the silver the Egyptians had and they left with all the booty. Amen. God caused favor to come upon them. God can cause favor to come upon you. 
there's a shift. There, there was a shift in the Israelites' life. They were in captivity 400 years. There can be a shift in your life. God can change. I don't care who that person is. If God can change Pharaoh's heart, God can change that person in your business world, in your relationship world, in your family world, whatever it is, God can change their heart and they can favor you. If they don't, God can remove them and you can go through into your blessed promise. Amen? So whatever that thing is blocking you, I don't have a problem with that. I know God can remove it. If not, Psalm 18, 29 says, with your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. You can break out. It's awesome. And I've quoted before, one shift from seeing your one shift from seeing a dream come to pass. One shift from paying your house. I really want people to believe that they can pay their house off before they're 107 and bound for glory. Amen. I believe you can pay your house off this year if God so chose. Amen? Don't just roll, well, it's a 30-year loan, 25-year loan, this is it. Here we go, bump and grind, just just do our... No, supernaturally, God can pay and get you into a house firstly, and then God can pay that house off. One shift from seeing your health improve. Megan, thank you for your testimony. One shift from meeting the right person. Who's the right person? I don't know how that can happen, but a divine connection to get you a job. I'm looking at you. I don't know if that was, did you meet the right person to get a a, a job? Are you actually working on the Central Coast in the school? Well, that's, as far as I'm concerned, to get a teacher's job on the coast, that's a miracle. A lot of people sometimes have to move and leave What happened? Did you meet the right person? Did God remove blockages? I don't know, but one shift, and Melanie got a job on the coast as a school teacher. And a lot of of school teachers are having to move to elsewhere, Timbuktu. It says in Isaiah, this is God's year to act. Luke 4.18. I'm not sure which version this is. The message, God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the burden and battered free. How many people do you see battered? Man, we got this guy going off every in our neighborhood. He's going off. He literally shouts and screams. He's down at the river. So his voice travels down, right down. All the neighbors come out. And this guy's having a bad time of life. I don't know who he is, but he is howling and shouting and cussing and These people are oppressed guys. Come on, they're burdened. But the Bible says to announce a day of freedom, to announce this is God's year to act. This year, not five years from now, not in the sweet by and by, God's lining things up for you right now. This is the year for favor. I'm prophesying that. What you couldn't make happen yourself, God's gonna do for you. It will be bigger than you thought. It's gonna happen quicker then you imagine God's going to accelerate something of a blessing towards your life. It's Him. He's moving on your behalf. I love it. Last week I talked about further and faster. I talked about some people are like in second gear. The revs are up there, two, three thousand revs. They're in second gear, but God wants you to get into third gear, fourth gear, get into overdrive. Same revs, same amount of effort, but you're going further and faster. Amen. That's what we got to believe for. You don't succumb to the chronological time frames of this world and say, well, 25-year loan, 30-year loan, I'm locked in, that's it. No, God, I'm praying. 
for, for, to flood my world with goodness, to flood my world with opportunity. Just one good break, amen? One inheritance. I don't know. You might have some rich uncle in Scotland. I don't know. You know, you get knocked on the door. You so-and-so. Yeah, you Craig Scott. Yes, what about it? Said, well, your uncle just died in Scotland. He's just left you four, $4 billion. What? You're joking. Said, I'm not joking. Come with me. You've got to sign off these documents and receive it. And just, it's amazing. One divine connection, one breakthrough. God is opening doors of opportunity for this church. I prophesy there's doors of opportunity opening for this church. We're going to see it shortly. Would you believe with me right now? I don't know what it is, but I think he's going to cancel our debt. I think he's going to, we're going to become a sign and a wonder, not to the state, but to the states of Australia. They're going to talk about who, what church? What are you, what are you talking about? What, 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 C3 Tugger, where are they? Where are they? What, the Central Coast? Where's the Central Coast? No good thing comes out of Nazareth, the Bible says. What good thing could come out of the Central Coast? Well, I'm telling you what could come out of the Central Coast. A sign and a wonder church who believe in God of the breakthrough. To bless us, to accelerate His purposes and plans. Some people get stuck in, in their own generations you know, because your mum and dad didn't quite do a whole bunch, or maybe they did do a bunch, but you just can't see yourself going beyond that. But I think it, it's, it's like this. In Proverbs tw- uh, 13, 22, it says, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. I'll stop there. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. That which you have stored up, or your folks have stored up and given unto you, you should be able to build on that and, and that's your platform. You can go further and faster from that. There's an acceleration. As you do your bit, maybe your parents didn't do great. But it's up to you now with God on your side to restore that situation, to reconcile your, your life, and to go further and faster and have an inheritance to pass down to your children. Amen? And, and your children go, wow, why are we so blessed, you know? Man, gee, look, I'm, you know, it's because mum and dad did exceedingly well unto him who is able to do, Ephesians 3.20, unto him who is able to do exceedingly above and beyond more than you've asked or imagined according to the power that is at work within you. There's power within you and you need to, Access that. You need to find your, 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 your anointing. Everyone is anointed, by the way. When you were saved, oh, look at this. We have our own little slaves out the back teaching them young. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we've burdened them down with, yes. High quota of bricks we're making out there. <laughs> It's unfair, but it's good discipline. <laughs> I talked about explosive blessings, and I don't think I have, but one definition in the Hebrew says, a sudden widespread increase. A sudden widespread. Was that part of my sermon? Was I supposed to incorporate? I tried my best. Anyway, you should have prepared me for it. I missed it. I missed it. A sudden widespread increase. We often think about, in the negative, about an explosion. Oh, explosion, ruin, destruction. But explosion actually means, what does it mean? Increase, a sudden widespread increase. Lord, we just pray right now for an explosion of goodness in this church, an explosion of love, an explosion 
of breakthrough anointing, an explosion of people, sudden widespread increase, an explosion of anointing, of glory, of power, and of wonder, an explosion, Lord, of prosperity, an explosion in your business, explosion in your bank account. Oh my God, have you seen our bank account? There's been an explosion. What do you mean? Sudden increase. Amen? Someone got a tax return back. Someone, yes, rise going like this. We need to release our faith for explosive blessings. Blessings beyond your normal income. Blessings beyond your salary. We need to get out of the rut, enlarge our vision, and start thanking God for the explosive blessings coming our way. Time to rise up, guys. Time to be the head, not the tail. Amen? Time to believe. Is your vision big enough to believe for this? Oh, Pastor Phil, I've only got a vision to, to believe that. I'll only just get enough. And, and, and No. God's going to do unusual things. It's not business as usual. God's going to do this man of God. He says, it's time to release our faith for explosive blessings, for the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing greatness of his favor. I'm talking about a transfer of wealth. In the last days, the prophetic is saying, the Bible is saying, there's going to be a transference of wealth to the godly from the unrighteous, amen, and from the righteous to the righteous, amen. Phil Pringle says, if we could only just get the transfer from the righteous, just get that right, and then let's believe for the transfer from the unrighteous, amen? <laughs> Got to have faith. I thought about strength to, to fight your way out of the wilderness, and uh, praise God. You've got to have faith. You've got to have strength. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, and I'm fast-tracking because my time, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life. What's the eternal life? The eternal life is you, the redeemed you. That's you, rocking in God, filled with the Spirit. Nine gifts of the Spirit. Nine gifts, nine fruits of character. That's you, doing well in God, living your full life in God. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life. Take hold of it, which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The new has come. See, you can do this because you're a new creation. The Bible says you're a new creation. You're not the same guy. You're not the same person. You're not the same girl. You're not the same. You're a new creation. You can do extraordinary things. By the volition of your mouth, your spoken word, by your prayers, by your giving, you can make such a life of yourself. You're not stuck in the circumstance of life. I'm loving this message. Give it up for the Lord. Oh, I want to preach this so much. Deuteronomy 11.24 says, every place where you set your foot will be yours. That's how we claim this ground. Ask the early pioneers of this church. We walked over it. We even banged in pegs, wooden pegs. When I came, this is back in 97, 98, we put all these pegs in and uh, do scriptures on them and all oh, prophetic stuff. I went along with it. Okay, let's do it. Pegs in the ground. Scriptures, yeah, I can handle that. Whatever. Whatever it takes to get it over the line. Whatever it takes to possess this ground. I came down here with the owner of the land and she said, you know, I was down here the other day. I'm finding all these pegs in the ground. You know, the pegs everywhere. You know, it wasn't like this, you know. I was, oh, okay. The pegs don't bother us. Well, you know, and uh, whatever it takes. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. I'd love to read Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
I'd love to read Deuteronomy chapter 11, 8 to 32, because it talks about living the life in God, the game plan, honoring God, honoring His Word, worshiping Him, not falling foul to idols, but taking ground, worshiping Him, following the Word, worshiping Him, taking ground, defeating the enemy, and taking that promised land. I'd love to read that scripture. That's your homework. Read chapter 8, all of chapter 8. Read Deuteronomy 11, 8 to 32. Let me just quote one scripture, 11, 8. Observe, therefore, all the commands. Deuteronomy 11, verse 8. Observe, therefore, all the commands I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land. We needed strength, man. Our early people needed strength to go up to that lookout for seven years every morning, six o'clock, Tuesday. We'd pray, not for one hour, two hours we'd pray up there. And we'd look down on this land from that Chapman Hill lookout and we'd go, that's our land in Jesus' name. We take a hold of it. We lay hold of it. It's our promise. It's God's promise to us. Your goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. We're the head, not the tail. And we'd pray for two hours, for seven years up on that lookout. We needed strength to do that. Then we'd pay ridiculously down here on the flats on this place, in houses, on this ground, on this land. We pray. You need strength to do this. You just can't be a normal citizen. You're a new creature in Christ. You can't be domesticated to live this extraordinary life. I wouldn't be here if I was just a domesticated man. I'm not domesticated. I'm a warrior for Jesus. I'm anointed by God. I'm taking ground on behalf of God, but behalf of you, my friend. You're here because of anointed people who waylaid the enemy's plans, took ground, made a place to worship, and so people could come into that proximity of a place that was possessed in God, a land that was possessed in God, and so that now we can worship. People have gone before us. We just didn't say, oh, this is a good idea to come together as a church. No, there's spiritual authorities that you've got to deal with. There's principalities and powers that you've got to deal with to make a, a place where we can worship God. They were headed for the promised land, the people of Israel. They had big dreams, big goals, but along the way they become dejected. One day God said to them, Deuteronomy 1.6, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. I think that's my sentiments for this message for some people here and even for our church. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. Let's just stop there. Break, camp, and advance. Let's go to 1.8. See, I've given you this land. I've given you the fullness of your salvation. I've given you this awesome stuff that my son Jesus paid a price for. Do you live this life with what? In joy. To know the joy of the Lord. God is so blessed for you. God is so pleased with you. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, that was with His good pleasure that He chose you. It was his good pleasure that he chose you. He didn't say, oh, I have to take this one in. Oh, I guess I have to take them in. He chose you. It was his good pleasure with a smile on his dial, with such joy. And that's the joy that we've got to feel of God. What's the kingdom of God? It's not eating and drinking, but it's joy. It's knowing his joy for us. Isn't it great when you see your coach? You know, I used to love that when I used to play soccer, Craig. And the coach or my dad came to watch me and he goes, great son you can see it on their face that that affirmation you know they were pleased with you 
We all need that in God. We all need that. The joy of the Lord is our strength, by the way, guys. You need that. You need to know His countenance towards you is joyous. It's like this Joel Osteen look. Big shiny teeth. You ever seen Joel Osteen? He's just got this perpetual smile. His wife's even more so than that. She's just big smile. If you could only see the smile of heaven upon you, if you could only smell, see, feel, and know and experience the smile of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you would just be so blessed. We got to get out of the wilderness, guys. I, I had, I had this um, thought about, you know, this mountain before us because they were wandering around the mountains and. And uh, I've got this. Have we ever got that? Just lastly. Man, these messages are big. They're so big, but I want to get them out. I serve a God, uh, so I put up here, I serve a God who is my mountain mover. You know, people walking around the circumstance of life, they're just going around, they're stuck in the wilderness. They go. This is how the story goes with the Israelites. They were walking around the circumstance. Oh, no, no, this ain't going to happen. We should, have, uh, we should have never come out here. We, we need to go back to Egypt. That's where we're safe. That's where you know, we belong. And people walk around. I call it the circumstance of life. Whatever it may be, it may be your background. It may be your strongholds. It may be everything that surrounds you as a circumstance, but you're walking around it. That's your life. That's what you walk up to, wake up to. You, and, and you walk around it. You live around it. But the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, that's why prayer is so important. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. See, the Israelites got disappointed. They come across some adversaries and they got despairing and they got dejected and they went okay this must be the Christian life this must be the life you know in God no God was always beckoning them to the promised land God was always beckoning them beckoning them saying I've given you this great land this is not where you belong and I last week I talked about this cup Psalm 116 verse 13 says I will lift up the cup of my salvation and call on the name of the Lord it's like this nice little quaint cup, like you're just happy to have that cup. But, you know, I love this thought that maybe it's a bucket that, <laughs> let's just stop there. That, that, let's go back to that cup, man, because I think this does get, get us stuck, this religious cup that I'm just happy to be saved, Lord. I'm just happy to live my life nicely for you. I'm just happy to, to be saved. Look, honestly, God, look, don't, don't, look, you've got enough problems, Israel and uh, Russia and uh, look, look, I'm just happy. No, no, man, that's religious. That's a religious mindset. You know what I'm saying? And then you could go to a bucket because a bucket is, is, is more. And there's some people I know who have a bucket and they want more of God. Not only do they want to pay their bills, feed their kids, they want something left over to give to others and that's admirable. But can I tell you there's more? There's probably a barrel. There's probably a, there's barrel people that want more. They, they're ministry people. They want more God. They, they want God. We, we want more. We want our debts cancelled. We want to cancel other people's debts. We want to bless others. 
you know, roll out the barrel. In the 70s, they used to have um, parties, and they always, the, the, if you had, what do they call it, a, a keg. If you had a keg, man, you, you were the ant's pants. You were, you know, this is in the 70s, guys. I don't know if they have kegs now. But man, they drive that big, long stainless steel pole in, and, you know, and that was a good party to have a keg. But then there's, the Bible talks about this. There's barns filled, filled. And this stems from the story in two. Just leave that up. This stems, don't put the scripture up. But there is a scripture that says in 2 Kings 4.1, and it's about the prophet Elijah, Elijah. And it's talking about this widow woman and she's in debt. She's going to lose her two boys. And uh, Elijah says, you know what you need to do? You need to get some, what do you got anyway? What do you got left? He said, all I've got is just this little bit of oil. All I've got is this little bit of oil. He says, is that all you got? He says, that's all I got. I just got that, then we're going to die. I'll have to give my kids away. And he says, you know what? Go out and get as many containers as you can. Get as many containers as you can and bring them here. He says, not a few. He actually says in the scripture, don't just take a few. Don't ask for just a few, two kings, four, three. Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. You determine how much you want to be blessed. If you just want this much, if you just want a cup of your salvation and just live like that, that's awesome. If you want a bucket, if you want a little bit more like that, because you want to be a blesser, you want to be a giver, and you want to help others, that's awesome. But you want to be a barrel. You want to be a barrel of fun, a barrel of ministry, a barrel of, uh, of anointing. That's awesome. That's great. But there is actually a barn that you can believe in. And this is where God wants us to break our mindsets, our traditional mindsets, our generational mindsets, that look, we're just happy for what, what we got. No, you need to be exceedingly, abundantly above and beyond more than what you've even asked or imagined. God wants to bless you because He's put power in you to advance your life, to see your life prosper, to be blessed. He wants you so blessed, it's ridiculous if you only knew how blessed God wants you to be. I love this. It's stacked full of what? Wheat. So you control how much you want. The woman, so the oil was poured. Fill up this container that borrowed from this house. Uh, yeah, here's another container borrowed from that house. And, and, you know, if it's just one barrel, the oil doesn't stop. It, it just, it, but it stops when you run out of, out of containers. So if she had, man, if we'd rung up, if she'd rung up Bunnings and said, I want every container you can get me, God is unlimitless. He's limitless. He, he, he's, he can just keep pouring. As long as you've got more of Him, as long as you've got more for Him, as long as you give Him permission to bless you. The Bible says, I think it's in um, Psalm, is it uh, chapter 80, verse 1. Help me, Jonathan. Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. The Hebrew, most versions says I will fill it. But the Hebrew says, open wide your mouth and I will fulfill it. I love that. Open wide your mouth and I will fulfill it. What are you asking for? The highest form of prayer is declarative prayer. Like when Joshua spoke to the son and it stopped, Joshua um, I think it's 10 verse 12, on the day of the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun, stand still over Gibeon and your moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. 
till the nation avenged itself to its enemies, as written in the book, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed. That is the sort of prayer that we need right now. Lord Jesus, right now, we declare. See, declaring is the highest form of prayer. Right now, we declare, stand, God bless you. Father, right now, we declare breakthrough. We declare breakthrough in every area of our life. We, Lord, we, we declare that mountain is coming down. The Bible says, have faith that that mountain will come down and it will be removed. So Lord, right now, everything that every mountain of indifference, every mountain of unbelief, every stronghold, every mountain that is in front of me to stopping me from advancing my life to live the most exciting, wonderful, adventurous, prospering, succeeding life. Right now, I declare that mountain to come down in Jesus' name. So you got to say it. The Bible says in what? Psalm 80, 81 verse 2 says, open your mouth and I will fulfill it. So right, just point like this. You got to do a bit of action. Faith without action is dead. Father in heaven right now, I declare those mountains are coming down. They're being, aren't they are removed? And Lord, I'm coming, I'm going through. I see my future husband. I see my future wife. That's for the single people. I see my health on the horizon. I see my business, business doing very well, prospering exceedingly well, abundantly above more than I have even asked or imagined because your power is at work within us. Your power is at work within the church. Your power is at work within the Word of God. Your power is at work by the power of the worship of this house. Your power is available right now to break me forth. Baal Parazam, the God of the breakthrough is upon you right now. The Baal Parazam, God of the breakthrough. David said, this is like a massive flood how God intervenes. And David called that place Baal Parazam. It's not by not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Spirit of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. It's not by your talent, it's not by who you know, what you know, it's by the Spirit of Almighty God that you're going to break through into a new day. You're going to break through, there's new levels in your life. Get excited, God's going to break you through into a new day of prosperity. You're going to find joy, you're going to find peace, you're going to find righteousness in Christ. You're going to stand before the Lord with hands lifted up and worship Him all the days of your life because you feel so pleased and so blessed that you're one of His children right now. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith.